Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Back again for another episode of Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host. And this week, I'm also going to be your tour guide. I am going to give you an audio tour of the 20th Century Fox lot in West Los Angeles. Lots of great movies and TV shows were made there. I spent the better part of 10 years on that lot, mostly working with MASH, but also some pilots and and after MASH. But I want to kind of walk you through the way it used to be in the glory days, what it was like actually working on what was really almost like a movie set and what it's become today. So that's this week on Hollywood and Levine, a look at 20th Century Fox. But first, a word from HoneyBook. Okay, so what is HoneyBook? Well, HoneyBook is an online business management tool that lets you control your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. Now, you have a great idea for a business, but what's holding you back? Well, if you're like me, it's all the administrative crap that you have to do. I just want to do the fun stuff. And with HoneyBook, it pretty much allows you to do just that. You can consolidate all of your administrative tasks into one place. You can stay organized, and it really streamlines the operation and allows you more time to be you, to be creative. Now, I have an introductory offer, and this is really a good one. This isn't like, you know, three free meals, okay? This is 50% off your first year. All you got to do is go to honeybook.com and use the promo code HOLLYWOOD. That is 50% off your first entire year. Again, honeybook.com, use the promo code HOLLYWOOD. And you can get paid faster. You can work smarter with HoneyBook. All you need to do, go to HoneyBook.com. Again, promo code Hollywood. Good luck with your business. 20th Century Fox, as we know it, is located on Pico Boulevard in West Los Angeles. It's across the street of Rancho Golf Course. Uh, I guess they now call it Fox Studios. But since Disney bought Fox and the studio, uh, I don't know if that is going to change, but at least at the moment, it is still, as far as I'm concerned, it will always be 20th Century Fox. Now, I first went on the lot in 1976. My partner, David Isaacs, and I got a chance to do a MASH assignment, and uh, we did a decent enough job on that that we wound up on staff of the show and eventually head writers. But uh, our first introduction was in 1976. And then we got a full-time job. And let me try to describe the lot to you how it was then and what a cool place it was to work. 
First of all, when you drove onto the lot from Pico Boulevard, there to your right was a big New York street, and it had a subway platform and everything. It was really cool, and that was the set from Hello, Dolly. So not only was it a New York street, but it was a period piece, New York street. Across from that, there are still a couple of New York streets that are still used in production today. We worked in a building called the Old Writers Building. And what it really was was a Swiss chalet. And it was used in many, many movies. Uh, Babes in Toyland, lots of movies had that particular building. And at the time we were there, we were young writers. Now we belong in the Old Writers Building. But it was very cool Our office was on the second floor, and actually, and you talk about history, from what I understand, our office was originally at one time F. Scott Fitzgerald's office. That's right. How amazing is that? You know, just a couple of idiots are now in F. Scott Fitzgerald's office. And it's probably true because we noticed a couple of empty gin bottles behind the couch. So we figured, you know, Zelda must have been there hanging out a little bit. Uh, One quick story. So like I said, we were on the second floor. There used to be a daytime syndicated talk show called The Mike Douglas Show. And he would interview guests and, you know, it was like Ellen, whatever. But he was also a singer. Prior to being a talk show host, I guess he was a crooner. And so he would sing on his show from time to time. And the show was done in Philadelphia, I believe. But every so often, he would go on the road and do shows elsewhere. Well, one particular week, he was taping a bunch of shows at 20th Century Fox. And he was right underneath our window. Usually there's production going on around you and, you know, you don't pay that much attention to it. But in this case, David and I are sitting across from each other at our desks and we're working on a script. And all of a sudden, from below, we hear... More than the greatest love the world has known. And we're like, what the fuck is that? And we look out the window, and there's Mike Douglas singing a song for his show. Now, we were assholes, okay? So, you know, I'm going to tell you that right in front. Because we waited until he hit just about the final note when we yelled out the window, hey, shut the fuck up down there. And of course, they had to yell cut and do the song all over again. Uh, I don't know how many takes it took. I'll be quite honest with you. After we did that, David and I fled the office (laughs) and uh, hid for about two hours uh, before coming back. We were young and we were assholes. But, hey, who has Mike Douglas singing more, serenading you outside your window? 
Here's another great thing about the old writer's building at the time. We parked right behind it. There was a small lot. But the lot was actually the old western town that was used in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Remember the scene with the bicycles and all? Well, that was filmed right there. I would park right by a hitching post. It was really a dream job, and it was a a tremendous place to work. Now, even in 1976, the 20th Century Fox lot was really a shadow of what it used to be. You've heard perhaps of Century City. There's the Century City Mall and a number of big hotels. Well, that whole area north of Olympic Boulevard all used to be part of 20th Century Fox. That was the big back lot. And it extended all the way to Santa Monica Boulevard. Huge. But the studio spent so much money on the movie Cleopatra in the early 60s, the Elizabeth Taylor movie, and it took such a bath that the studio, in order to remain solvent, had to sell off most of their back lot. So the whole Century City Mall and all of the hotels and all of those developments used to be part of 20th Century Fox. But when we first got there in 1976, there was still part of the back lot. And there used to be a footbridge over Olympic Boulevard. Olympic Boulevard is a big throughway that goes through all of Los Angeles, really. I mean, you can take Olympic Boulevard from the studio and wind up in downtown L.A. right in front of the Staples Center in L.A. Live. But there was a bridge and then a smallish area that was, at that point, just relegated to storage various props would be strewn around. So if we were going to go to lunch at Century City, we would walk through the lot because our office was primarily on the south end, closer to Pico. So we would walk through the lot, go over the bridge, go past this back lot, and then there was a, a gate that led out, and we would go to the Century City Mall and have lunch at Clifton's Cafeteria or one of the other fine establishments there. But we noticed there were all these space-related science fiction sets, and we didn't think that much of it. Who knew what it was? And then a year later, Star Wars came out, And we realized, oh, shit, those were the actual sets from Star Wars. And we were just walking around. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine if we had taken some of that stuff? Oh, my God. But, you know, it was just some, you know, science fiction junkie set. We really didn't give it much mind until we saw Star Wars and went, oh, fuck. Uh, MASH was done on stage nine, 
And like every stage of 20th Century Fox, there have been many, many movies, many, many TV shows that have been filmed there. Doing a little research, I see that some of the things that were done on stage nine, the movie The Fly, that's pretty impressive, the movie Shea, the TV series NYPD Blue, 1950s rock and roll movie called The Girl Can't Help It. A movie called No Business Like Show Business called Northside 777. And also a couple of TV shows, Hooperman. And here's one you may remember, Batman. Yes, the original Batman from the 60s was done on our little stage nine. And the facade for Commissioner Gordon's office, remember the Batmobile would pull up and uh, Batman and Robin would get out and race up the stairs? Well, that remained, but behind it was a screening room. And every afternoon after lunch, we would go to that screening room to watch dailies. So we were always saying, uh, okay, uh, I'll meet you in front of Commissioner Gordon's office in about 10 minutes. I just have to make a couple of phone calls. Some other shows that were filmed at 20th when we were there back in the 70s, Love Boat. And that was a pretty cool set because they also had a swimming pool built in in the, the deck that had a swimming pool. And the great thing about Love Boat was if you remember... It featured a lot of guest stars, and most of those guest stars had been sitcom stars at one point in their career. So it was like watching the all-star team of sitcom television. You'd go into the commissary, and there would always be uh, Hugh Beaumont, uh, you know, from Leave it to Beaver. And there's Florence Henderson from The Brady Bunch. And there's Jim Backus and, you know, all of these people that you remember seeing. Here's Gail Gordon and, you know, Vivian Vance and all those people that you remember from your childhood if you are old enough to deserve to be in the old writer's building, but it was really cool to actually see all of these people in person. Other shows that were being filmed at the time, uh, Aaron Spelling had his company there, so his shows like Starsky and Hutch and Charlie's Angels were done on the 20th Century Fox lot. It was always kind of cool to be, you know, walking to lunch, and there's uh, Jacqueline Smith, (laughs) passing you by like wow and they would film like i said all over the lot and because our building was so picturesque usually about once a month there would be another show that would be filming i remember one time we're sitting upstairs and we're trying to write an episode and in the stairwell leading from the first to the second floor they were filming an episode of starsky and hutch So we would be writing, okay, so Hawkeye now comes into the swamp and we need a line for him and we're hearing in the background, Starsky, drop it, drop it! And then gunshots and then like a body tumbling downstairs and we would hear this like 14, 15, 20 times 
try writing comedy in that environment. A little quick history. You remember 20th Century Fox was run by Daryl F. Zanuck, whose office was in the administration building, and supposedly he had like a little secret inner office that he used to screw starlets and other people who he had his way with back before Me Too, certainly. There was a movie called Can Can. It's a musical. It was done like in the late 50s, and that was done at 20th Century Fox. And what's notable about that is that Nikita Khrushchev, who was the premier of the Soviet Union, came to the United States for a visit, and he came to Los Angeles. And he went to 20th Century Fox to watch the filming of Can Can. And I remember, because at the time, we lived nearby. We lived in West Los Angeles, probably 15 minutes away. And all of this was going to be televised. This was a huge event in Los Angeles. So my father got me and my little brother, just, you know, threw us in the car, and we drove down there and stood on the street at Pico and watched the motorcade so I can actually say I've seen Nikita Khrushchev. And then when he went onto the soundstage, Frank Sinatra sang, it was like a big deal, whatever, but that is a, a memory that I have growing up in Los Angeles of 20th Century Fox. And I think I told you the story in a previous episode of how Prince Charles came to visit when we were at MASH and how they figured out his motorcade and they only painted the sides of the buildings that would be visible to him while he was on the lot. (laughs) And that was also the time when I actually got a chance to meet him when he came onto the MASH set and uh, we were in a receiving line, and I asked him, what advice would you give young people thinking of getting into your industry? That almost caused an international incident. One producer who was on the lot back then was Mel Brooks. He made a lot of his movies at 20th Century Fox. This was after Blazing Saddles. And Mel was good friends with one of the writers on MASH, Ronnie Graham. They had been friends for 30 years. Ronnie collaborated and helped write the History of the World Part 1 and that type of thing. And so sometimes it would be 6 o'clock at night and we would be finishing up writing. And Mel Brooks would peek his head in, say hi to Ronnie. Maybe they were going out to dinner or whatever. And Mel would come in the room and sit down with us. And he would just hang out and and just be Mel. And he was funny as hell. You can imagine like a private audience with Mel Brooks. And we used to relish these times until one time it was in the fall and the Dodgers were in the playoffs. They were in the National League Championship Series against the Philadelphia Phillies. And it was a key game and we're watching it it's like six o'clock at night and mel comes in and we're thrilled to see him of course and he sits down and launches into 
all the Mel Brooks shtick that he does. And David and I are thinking, shut up. Shut up, Mel. We're watching the game. I mean, imagine having Mel Brooks in your office and hoping that he will leave soon. He, by the way, is a great guy. He's a great guy and really, really fun. The commissary, which is still there and still looks pretty much the same, had one particular waiter who we used to get all the time. And after a while, of course, you know, you're going there every other day for years. You get to know the wait staff. And it turns out that this one particular waiter also worked at night at Chasen's. And Chasen's was a very old-school, fine Hollywood restaurant. Lots of stars would frequent Chasen's. Ronald Reagan had his own table, yada, yada, Jimmy Stewart, John Wayne, Cary Grant, all those people would dine at Chasen's. And one night, we go to Chasen's with our new neighbors. And I rarely would go to Chasen's I don't know why we decided to go to Chasen's. And we sit down, and it's the same waiter as the 20th Century Fox commissary. And, of course, he sees me, and it's as if I am Cary Grant. He, oh, God. Great to see you, Mr. Levine. What what can we get you? Here's complimentary chili. Here, have some wine. Our neighbors were so impressed. It was like the only time I've ever had that kind of treatment, and it was at Chasen's. Too bad it couldn't have been on a date. I remember one time going to lunch at the Fox Commissary with Larry Gelbart. There's going to be a little name dropping in this episode. Went to lunch with Larry Gelbart, David and I, and the guy goes, Larry, hi. And Larry looks up and goes, oh, hey, Doc, join us. Doc is Doc Simon, Neil Simon. And so now we're sitting at a table with Larry Gelbart and Neil Simon. <laughs> this is like this is the Mount Rushmore of comedy and we're just kicking ourselves like my god look where we are a number of the offices are former dressing rooms i remember a big one was shirley temple's everyone wanted shirley temple's dressing room one night we're working on a script we were on the southwest end of the lot and there was a window that looked out west. Beyond the lot was a couple of apartment buildings, a couple of two-story apartment buildings. And one day we're writing and I glance out the window and I notice that there's like seven people standing on the balcony with binoculars seemingly looking into our office. We're going... What's this all about? But we kind of bowed and waved at them and figure, okay, let's give them a big show. It was only later when we finished our session 
and left the office that we realized they weren't looking at us. There was a fire on the Hello Dolly New York set, and that's what they were watching. And again, we felt like idiots. Here's a great way to spend an entire afternoon. At least it was back then. Just go to the wardrobe department or go to the prop department. And these are giant warehouse-type buildings that are filled with costumes from every era, from movies from 50 years ago. And there's togas and Western garb and wedding dresses and royal get-ups. Just about any costume from any era, it's there. Likewise, you go into the prop department and there's stuff from the Ten Commandments. There's stuff from science fiction movies. Practically anything you want is there somewhere. And you can spend hours just browsing and going down the aisles and looking at all of this stuff. And of course, all of it is just Hollywood rich because these are the actual artifacts that did appear in these movies. Again, how cool to be working in such an environment. Currently, Modern Family is on the lot, and I'm sure a couple of other shows, but The Simpsons have always been on the 20th Century Fox lot. They're recorded on a soundstage there, but for years and years and years... Uh, The Simpsons have called 20th Century Fox their home. Most of the sound stages are set up for single camera. They're just these giant, empty, cavernous sound stages. But a couple have been refitted for multi-camera shows. Happy to say that David and I had the very first multi-camera pilot filmed at 20th Century Fox. This was back in 1979, and we had bleachers built and the control room built, and they since have gone on to use it for other shows. It was kind of fun for me a number of years later going back and directing Dharma and Greg on the same stage that we did our pilot back in 1979. There are so many movies that have been done at 20th Century Fox, uh, Seven Year Itch. I mean, there's millions of movies that have been done at 20th Century Fox, but I'm just going to mention two because they're probably the two that you know the best. The Sound of Music was done there. No, when... Julie Andrews did her whole thing on the mountaintop that was not the back lot overlooking the Century Plaza Hotel. She was actually in Europe. And the other great movie was Snow White and the Three Stooges. Yes, Snow White and the Three Stooges was filmed on the 20th Century Fox lot. So what's it like today? Well, the New York Dolly Street, gone replaced by a giant office building. The gazebo from 
Peyton Place, that was a mainstay in front of the commissary for years and years, that's gone. The Butch Cassidy town, that's gone. There are trailers and makeshift offices there. The Batman facade, gone. Practically everything that made 20th Century Fox such a fairy tale lot is kind of gone. There's now a giant parking structure that is hard to get to (laughs) and there's never any spaces and it takes up probably what was two or three sound stages. Offices are squeezed into areas that used to be little courtyards for filming. Those are all gone. It is a much more corporate place and I have to tell you I really miss it so there is your look at 20th Century Fox so ends another podcast thanks so much for listening our thanks to Adam and Susie Meister Butler Bruce and Jason Miller Howard Hoffman and John Wolfert you can write me at hollywoodlevine at outlook.com You can follow me on Twitter at Ken Levine, Instagram, Hollywood, and Levine. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. Hollywood and Levine.